Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday evening, July 25th. Let me turn this light on and blind myself a little bit. TJ Pinger alongside Richie Barnes back with you guys again to talk all things FSU. Richie, how are you doing this evening? Oof. I, I don't know, TJ. I, I'm doing pretty good. It, it's a little rough. You know, we got home from work Friday. Our AC has been out in the house. Um, we have a home warranty company, so we can only go through them to be the liaison for the vendors and <laughs> we're hoping to get a call tomorrow um 92 degrees in the house last check it, it, it's a little brutal right now dude i would have definitely <laughs> gone and found a hotel i know your reasons for not finding the hotel i still would have done it um there's no way uh, our, our ac went out a few weeks ago maybe a few months ago now and we were gone within like 15 minutes. I was like, all right, I'm out. Like, I'm not, I'm not staying. There's no chance that I'm tough enough to do this. Um, and so I wasn't, so I left. So, um, yeah, that sounds, that sounds uh, awful. It is, but uh shout out to the uh, Seminole club of greater Orlando. They had their kickoff event today at American social and Dr. Phillips. So the wife and I were able to escape for a few hours, get some AC, uh, get some, you know, adult beverages in us. So when we come home, you know, it's not as bad, but it's still pretty brutal. But like you mentioned, you know, we have the puppy. I would gladly board him, the wife. Absolutely not. We're not letting him go anywhere outside of our site. So we're going to brave it out and, and see what we can do. But uh, excited to talk some Florida State football, you know, actually some actual football talk and where you were out of in Charlotte this past week. So, man, I, I'm pretty pumped to get into this. Yeah, no, I feel like uh, I, I've loved all of the different things that we've done outside of football over the last several weeks. Um, but it's kind of cool to to get some football talk going. Um, I want to say today is 42 days. I'm doing this countdown on yeah. on uh, on Twitter. So 42 days, six weeks from tonight, we will be uh, in Doak Campbell Stadium. Six weeks from like right now, kickoff will yeah, be right, right now. It's <laughs> at 7:30. Um, I'm excited to be back in Doak. I'm excited to be up there for it. And uh, and we're getting close to. Uh, to letting toe hit leather as Gene Deckerhoff says. So um excited to be back. It was it was cool to be up in Charlotte. We'll we'll get into that uh in just a moment. It was cool to be up at the ACC kickoff. Uh, I guess they've renamed ACC Media Days to just ACC kickoff is is better now. But uh, double fries no slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Um, we're excited about partnering with them. Not only as we have for the last year, uh, but also for our tailgate that we're going to have um, in Tallahassee. If you're interested at all in, in stopping by, you know, there's nothing official. We're not selling tickets or trying to make any money off of you guys or, or whatever. Uh, we honestly just want to hang out. We want to have a place to hang out with some of the people that we've been interviewing. Some of the coaches and former players and stuff are definitely going to stop by. So if you're in town for Labor Day weekend, come hit us up and, uh, and let's hang out. Um, everything will be catered. Everything will be free food and drink and stuff like that. Food from Guthrie's, drink from my buddy Matt at Bay Cannon uh, Beer Co. down here in Tampa. And obviously, we'll have some good bourbon and stuff on on tap yeah. as well. So if you're around, come hang out. Um, we specialize in all of that. Yeah, stuff. wait. There's, wait, a, there's a, a little tent. over a month. There's a, there's a tent. A over a month away. Fans <laughs> and stuff too. Like that's what I'm most excited about. The tent and fans because it's a million degrees. Sorry, a little over a month, Richie. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited. You know, uh, we're, we're going up to Tallahassee. Uh, we still are looking to find a place like new Airbnbs popping up every day, uh, waiting for that one. But we got our tickets secured. We know where we're going. I, I cannot wait. I've not been to Tallahassee. I was supposed to go to the, uh, I believe it was the Virginia game last year. We were about in Gainesville watching game day in the on the iPad in the car when they said the game was canceled. Uh, so I've not been to a Florida State game uh, since Willie Taggart's last game against Miami when uh, we all know what happened there. Uh, but I cannot wait to get up there and see, you know, Florida State, Notre Dame. Uh, Dylan Gibbons, the headliner, man, I'm excited. We had a great topic there. Uh, but, man, I can't wait to be in Tallahassee with the, you and, and all of our guys on Double Fries Pod and who contribute to the website. Uh, just have a great time, man. Yeah, it should be a ton of fun. Um, so we'll start here just so we can get uh, get into some more fun news. But, obviously, I want to start here just, like, out of respect and um, – you know, start kind of low and go high, but uh, some 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 somber news, some sad news this week uh, with the news that Coach Bowden um, was diagnosed with an illness that that is terminal. Um, you know, it, it ended up coming out later um, that it was pancreatic cancer. Uh, the family said, and I don't know. It was it was tough. I uh, I was driving up to um, Charlotte. And we got out of the car at the at the uh, not to make it. I, I hate to say like I'm, I'm not trying to make this about me at all, but you know this is this was my experience in finding out. I'm driving up to Charlotte. We get out of the car at the hotel, and I, I'm scrolling through my phone, and I see it on Twitter. And um, man, I was so excited to be up in Charlotte for the ACC kickoff to uh, go to my first you know kind of real event, credentialed, which which was neat. You know, shout out to the the folks over at FSU that helped us get that done and. Um, I was so excited going up there and I mean, I took my wife, we had a blast on the road trip up and then you get out of the car and you get hit with that kind of news. And you're just like, man, I don't want to be here right now. Like, I just want to go cry. Like this is brutal. And so, um, man, there is no, there is no way to put into words what coach Bowden has meant to, um, us as fans, all the players that have played here as, you know, as family and, the, the community of Tallahassee and really college football just in general, you know, I mean, he's undoubtedly one of the greatest coaches that, that ever lived, um, you know, and, and we'll never, we'll never see teams, even, even the run that like Alabama's on now and Clemson looks like they're going on stuff like that. We'll never see teams um, go on the runs that, uh, that those, those nineties FSU teams went on, you know, 14 years in the top five, you know, it, it's just absurd. Um and so it was sad. It stinks. Um, but obviously prayers up for the family and, and for Coach Bowden that he can be in as much peace as, as possible through these last days. But um, start there. Start with kind of a somber note. Um, we will certainly do something as a, as a podcast, as a group, uh, both Rishi and I and then everybody that, that contributes, um, whether it be website, social media, uh, graphics, like the entire crew will do something to kind of honor him. We don't know what exactly, but we'll, we'll certainly be doing something soon. Um, I'll say this and I'll shut up and let Richie talk a little bit. We did put out a, a t-shirt um, that uh, we are selling at cost. Um, it's, it's a goat image with kind of that signature Bowden hat on it. And it says Bobby. And then underneath it says anybody, anytime, anywhere. Uh, we put that out on our website. You can go to doublefriesnoslaw.com. You can get that shirt for, well, not for free, but for at cost, right? We, we're, we're not charging 
we're charging our cost for it. We're even eating some of the processing fees. So we're actually losing money on every single shirt. But a lot of people said that they wanted them. Uh, we've, we've, we've sold like over 80 or so, so far uh, in a couple of days. So go pick one of those up if you want to kind of show your support there. Again, we're not making anything off of them. And so just thought it was kind of a, a kind of a nice thing to do. So Richie, thoughts on Coach Bow and the situation? I'll shut up and let you have a minute. Yeah, man. Um, like you said, it sucks, right? And it's, you know, without Bobby Bowden, I'm really not a Florida State fan. I don't know if I'm here today doing this podcast with you. It's funny because my dad, uh, he's from New York. And obviously anyone who's up there, they know the cultural is not really a big deal. They don't care. But my dad loved college football. And he, Florida State became his favorite team because of Bobby Bowden, because of his, what you just mentioned, anybody, anytime, anywhere. He's like, I love watching big football games. And, and the first game he ever took me to was Florida State versus Duke, 95 in the, uh, the Citrus Bowl in Orlando. And I've been a fan ever since. And, you know, I, I lost my father to cancer back in 2017. So to hear Bobby with this diagnosis, you know, it kind of hits home. And, yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow. And like you said, we'll do something when the time comes. Um, obviously, it won't be long. But at the same time, he's 91 years old. And when you think about the lives he's impacted, so many, like it's it's unreal, more than you or I could ever dream to impact in our lifetimes, TJ. I, I think, you know, it, it was cool to see, you know, it sucked to see the news the morning it came out, but it was really cool that evening to see my like Twitter timeline just filled with just positive Bobby Bowden memories, pictures, and everyone coming together. Nobody cares about anything else except, hey, we all love Bobby Bowden. And that was really cool to see. And, you know, he was a great man. And only someone like that could bring everyone together for a moment like that. And like you mentioned, when when the time does eventually come, we'll do a very special tribute. Um, again, it, it sucks to see, but you have to remember, again, 91 years old. And for him to say at peace, he said he's at peace, right? That means a lot. Um, you know, I, I'm not at church every week. and like you, TJ. I, I go try to go. I'm, I'm a Christmas Easter and a couple of times in between guy. But, you know, I do believe in, in a higher being and hit Bobby Allen's faith clearly led him to quite an amazing life. And for that, I will always, you know, remember him and wish him, his family, nothing the best, because I think he played a role in, in kind of what I'm trying to become as a man as I grow yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you there. Just the fact that he did live such a full life, and um, there's been a lot of loss over the last year and a half. Um, yeah. Obviously, through a pandemic, and you know, tragic tragic loss happens every day. You know, I I honestly think you know, a couple of my heroes are either have passed or soon to pass, and obviously the it doesn't make anything more or less sad or whatever. Like I, this isn't like a suffering Olympics, but you look at, you look at the difference in, you know, Kobe dying with his daughter on, on the way to a basketball game. And, and you look at, you know, coach Bowden knowing what's coming in, in the yeah. next few days, weeks, whatever, and being able to say that I'm at peace. Um, I'm okay. You know, um, and, and really being able to live that full life where he impacted so many people. Um, you know, it, it's, it's sad because you, you know, he's your hero and you kind of want him around forever and you want him like telling us funny stories and, and just kind of being the man. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's also a, a time of as weird as this sounds of, of celebration, man, like celebrating his life and, and what he did and what he meant to so many people, not only as a football coach, but, uh, you know, as, as a dad, as a, as a family member, as a, um, a dad away from home to a lot of kids that, that he, 
you know, that pass through the university. And like I said, we, we wouldn't, we would not be sitting here doing a podcast right now if, if it, if it wasn't for him. I mean, there, there's just absolutely no doubt yeah. about that. And so, um, you know, you know, hats off for sure. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll do way more and more as time goes on. Um, the coolest thing is everybody trolls everybody, right? Like on social media and stuff like that. But I, and, and obviously Florida state fans would, would be very somber about the moment, but some, you saw so many people from rival fan bases, from other fan bases, just kind of talking about how, how they looked up to respected thought Bobby was just the absolute yeah. greatest. Um, it, it wasn't just a, just an FSU fan thing. Um, and that's that's really special because you know in this day and age where everybody hates everybody, it was uh, it was it was super cool to see that. So um, yeah, the news sucks. I mean, there's no <laughs> there's no way to to get around that. But uh, you know, again, like Richie said, for Coach Bowden to say, "Hey, I'm I'm at peace," you know that that kind of lets you know, you know, everything's gonna be okay for sure. Um, so anyway, on a little bit of a lighter note, <laughs> um, anything seems to be uh, lighter than that. On a little bit of a lighter note, so we did. I, uh, I went up there to um, FSU Media Day, or not FSU Media Days, ACC Media Days, you know, now renamed. Uh, for me, it was basically just FSU Media Days. Now renamed the ACC kickoff, and that was a cool experience. Again, the first the first little bit of it was was kind of weird with, uh, with the Bowden News coming out, but uh, – it was really a fun experience to be on that side of things. You know, at the end of the day, um, a lot of a lot of what you get there, a lot of what you see at at F- or ACC media days or ACC kickoff is a lot of coach speak. It's a lot of uh, you know, you're nobody's breaking any news there. Or, you know, things aren't necessarily happening that uh, you know are blowing anybody's mind. Um, but I do. I, I did enjoy being on that side of it. I tried to be somewhat creative with the things that I asked um, coach and, and the different players about, and we can kind of talk about those things or whatever. But uh, the overall experience was neat. It was neat to just kind of be in the hotel and uh, you know walk past CJ Manuel and watch you know Mark Ricks just like walking by you like no big deal. You know, like everybody's there is is pretty respectful and being able to you know. Mark Rich walks by and say, hey, coach, how you doing? You know, I mean, he didn't know who I was, but hey, I'm doing well, you know, no big deal. So it was, it was kind of cool. Um, maybe lined up a few interviews that, that will be coming soon um, on the uh, on the French Fry podcast, as they say. But uh, it should I, I listened back to the draft from the other night and Trey, Trey said that a couple of times and I started laughing. But uh, um, but yeah, ACC kickoff was a lot of fun. It was really cool. Charlotte's a great city. I told a lot of people this when I was up there. They asked how often I was up there. I was talking with David Hale. And Andrew Adelson, both of who were were on the podcast a few months ago, and uh, they said, "How often do you make it up to Charlotte?" And I said, I, "I brought my wife up when uh, we were in the ACC championship in 2014, and we loved the city, and said we'll come back every single year until uh, you know every single year that FSU plays here, and, and we haven't <laughs> played there since. So, uh, but Charlotte is awesome. I, you guys, I mean Harlan, Richie, whoever wants to go, we've got to go next year. It is so much fun. Um, take the day off and go. It is a blast." We can get on Radio Row. We can do all that stuff. Um, so don't don't make me go. Set up, Mike said I went with me, so I, I didn't go by myself. But don't make me go by myself next year. You got to you gotta take the yeah. two days off and go. I'm glad you got to enjoy Charlotte, TJ, because I, I love Charlotte. It's probably my favorite southern city next to Charleston. Um, I have two sisters that live in Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is 
literally on the border, basically Charlotte. My oldest sister lived in Charlotte for the longest time. So I've been to that city more often than probably any other city that I live in, that I've been, not lived in. Um, beautiful city, amazing city. Uh, hospitality is great. You know, people that live in the South understand Southern hospitality, phenomenal. Uh, and the Westin is a <laughs> outstanding hotel and venue for an event like that. We tailgated there for, I forget, I was like 19 years old. I went to a Yukon bowl game because my brother-in-law went to Yukon. <laughs> and uh, I remember being at the Westin, but cool city. But like you said, it, the ACC uh, media days kickoffs, it's more for national people more than, uh, you know, team specifics. But it was cool that you and Michael were able to be there representing Double Fries, No Slaw, and get those questions in that most people probably wouldn't even think to ask about. Um but again, we, if we just wanted to hear those national cookie cutter answers, we wouldn't have sent you guys up there. We would have just listened to it on the radio. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, everybody asks, you know, the same type questions, you know, tell us about the transfer portal, which yeah. they had a ton of guys there. Tell us about um, the QB battle. Is anybody, you know, how did those guys accept each other? Uh, tell us about, you know, um, how you're dealing with vaccinations and just everything else. Like they ask the same coaches, every single thing. And it's so much Coke speak. Like uh, uh, Dave Doran was from, from NC state was, was up and and he was just harping on Raven on like, Oh, it's just so important for your, for your team to know who your starting quarterback is. And that's just so such a, such a key and your guys can rally around him and they can grow and they can build. And then you get somebody up like Norvell who has a QB battle and he's saying, Oh, those guys are pushing each other and nobody's complacent. Yeah. Nobody. And it's just like, it, whatever your situation is, like that's what you're going to harp <laughs> on is that. And so I don't know. Yeah. I tried to, I, I, I don't know. All those other questions got asked and, and it being yeah. my first event, I wasn't, you know, pushing Chris knee and Bud Elliott out of the way to, to ask my questions. <laughs> and so, you know, they asked a lot of those questions about, you know, different guys asked about vaccinations and being comfortable with different things. And they talked about Myron coming, Myron Roll coming in and talking to the team and things like that. But uh, yeah, I, I try to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more personal. Um, I, I don't, I mean, and I think that's what we do on our show, right? Like, I, I think that's kind of yeah. what we do when we have a lot of these coaches on is we ask about their programs and we ask about what's going on, but I don't really care what Norvell says about the quarterback battle in, in yeah. mid to late July. I mean, I'll find out on, on Labor Day, you know, or, uh, you know, the night before when I see who takes the first snap. And, 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 you know, I don't care about the QB system because it, what he says right now is not going to be the r- real thing anyway. It's all coach speed, you know? So, um, yeah. So I, I think that's kind of what we've always tried to do on this podcast is, is not be so like cookie cutter, black and white, um, factual, boring, uh, standard answer type questions. I think we've tried to really be, uh, creative and original and try to give a voice to the fans because at the end of the day, that's really what we are is just a couple of yeah. fans. And um, I want to ask a fan like a question would. And, and a fan, I don't know. A fan, I, don't, I don't think a fan's going to ask, you know, what what's the percentage that you're going to snap Milton and Travis? Yeah, I think a fan's just going to ask, you know, more personal stuff, you know, like get to know the coach better, right? So I don't know. That, that's the way I viewed it, and that's the way I kind of like went in with the questions up there and, and tried to go from that angle. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, man. And, and But one thing every fan wants to know about is, this Dylan Gibbons story is just phenomenal. Um, and we, we touched on it either the last part or the one prior. But, you know, he, he used his name, image, and likeness for his first ever. He wasn't looking for endorsements or anything like that. He said, no, I have, you know, this really good friend, Timothy, that I want to get to Tallahassee. 
started to go fund me. You all know the story if you're listening to this, because that means you're a pretty big FSU fan. If not, just Google FSU Dylan Gibbons, uh, go fund me. You will see the story. Um, but you actually had a chance to ask Mike Norvell about that specific. And, you know, staying on the theme of how we opened the show with, you know, our, our thoughts with Coach Bowden, I thought he gave a phenomenal answer. Do you want to get into that a little bit, TJ? Yeah. Um, again, Coach Norvell had answered a lot of questions. We had kind of a private media session with um, Coach Norvell and Jordan Travis and McKenzie Milton and Jermaine Johnson before they took the podium. And the only people in there were folks that covered FSU kind of exclusively. Uh, Andrew Adelson was in there as well. But then outside of that, it was really just, you know, all all, your, all of the beat, right? The guys from the Democrat, the guys from 247, the guys from Warchant, the guys from, uh, you know, well, Bud also with 247. And us, I think that might've been it. Oh, the guys from the local TV, like Ryan Kelly and those guys. And I think that might've been it. And then Andrea was in there as well. So it was a really, really intimate setting with only a few people. And so he answered a bunch of questions in there. And then he answered all the questions that you guys saw like on ESPN or whatever. And then we went to like another private room where all the national media and local media, like whoever wanted to, could then kind of ask him questions in that breakout session. And so he'd probably answered a hundred questions by that point. And so you're, you're trying to think of things that are creative to ask him. And he's, he's talked about the quarterbacks 15 times and he's talked about vaccinations 15 times. And he's talked about uh, the transfer portal, like 15, 20 times. And so I don't know, you could tell that he was like kind of over answering questions. Like he was like, all right, I'm ready to go get some barbecue and go home. (laughs) um, And and after he got done with us that last time he had to go and do stuff on, you know, ESPN and radio and media uh, TV and stuff like that as well. Get interviewed by those guys. And I'm sure you guys saw him on TV after that as well. Um, we, I wasn't tuned into ESPN that day, so I don't know, but I saw him over there interviewing with those guys. I'm sure it was on, but I, yeah, I just kind of asked him, I said, Hey coach, you know, you talk about guys being the right fit, you know, tell us about, um, I, I said, I know you may not be able to comment on the, uh, name, image and likeness specifically, but can you talk to us about what Dylan Gibbons did and, uh, <laughs> using his platform to just immediately help somebody and coach Norvell just, I mean, his first answer was just service. He said the word service and he said, um, you know, that the decision that he made, uh, a lot of people, and I, I, I put myself probably in this category, a lot of people, when they get like an opportunity, they want to think and find out how it can benefit them immediately. And and that's how I am a lot of the time. I, I mean, I can't even lie. You know, how, how can this help me? How can this help my family? How can I kind of further what I want to do? And Coach Norvell said, but there's some people that are special and different and they immediately think, how can I help other people? And then he brought up Coach Bowden. He said, we've talked a lot about Bobby Bowden this week and and being up here these last couple of days with the news that came out. And he was like, Bobby Bowden's life was one that was lived by service. And he was like, that's what Dylan Gibbons did with his um, name, image, likeness platform, his opportunity to help somebody else that was in need. He said, you talk about the guys that are the right fit and the guys that you want in the program. And he said, Dylan Gibbons, it has a lot of talent on the field. But he's also got a lot of talent off the field. And so I don't know, I, you know, not that, you know, it's, it's like when you, you, you can kind of read somebody and you kind of know how they're answering and what they're saying and stuff like that. And you could tell that coach Norvell very much um, was glad to answer a question that wasn't about vaccinations or the QB battle, <laughs> right, right? Like was more about like him being able to brag on one of his guys who Gibbons story is amazing, but still, how often does he get to brag on an offensive lineman, right? Like, you know, like you could tell it meant a lot to him to be able to answer a question like that. And so, yeah, it, it went, it went really well. And, uh, you know, me, my first event, first time I've ever actually spoken with coach Norvell 
Uh, I'm just trying not to like fumble over my words, right? And and have like you know Bud Elliott laugh at me while I'm you know up there in media days. But uh, no, it was really really good. Um, we wrote a I wrote a story about it. Uh, if you go check it out on the website doublefriesnoslaw.com, uh, I did write a story about that. Also, there's a link to the GoFundMe there. If you have five, ten, twenty bucks, um, they've reached their goal, and now they've set a new goal to help out with some of Timothy's medical bills. You can read up more on the uh, the illness that you know the disability that he has. Um, so doublefriesnoslaw.com. Go check out that story on Dylan Gibbons uh, Norvell's answer to it. And then yeah, if you have five, ten bucks, you have twenty bucks, if you have a hundred bucks, go uh, go support that because it's definitely a worthwhile cause. So what was the chatter around? Uh- like, I don't know how many elbows you were rubbing or anything along those lines, but Florida State sending three transfers as to represent the university. Obviously, Jordan Travis did play at Florida State last year, was, you know, the, the main starting quarterback. But Mackenzie Milton and Jermaine Johnson, I think Jermaine Johnson was kind of a no-brainer. Um, but a lot of people thought maybe an Amari Gaynor or, you know, a Robert Cooper, someone who's been in the system. But three transfers, I thought that was unique. I I'm okay with it. If that's who Mike Norvell thinks are the best three people to represent Florida State, sign me up. I'm good with that. Uh, but what were were people asking you about that from other teams, like that from team specific media that sees, wow, they're taking three transfers. They're they're looking up at old Florida State stats and they can't find any. Yeah. No, I think that. Uh, I mean, we asked Norvell about that specifically, and I, I didn't specifically. I did ask Milton about that, so I'll share that answer in just a minute. But uh, yeah, we asked. They asked Norvell about it, and he just said, "Like, hey, these are the guys that deserve to be here, right? These are the guys that in the locker room uh, deserved this opportunity." And not that there weren't more, because he did mention a guy like Amari Gaynor, and he did yeah. mention other players on the team like Corbin and. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to go through everybody that he listed, but he said, man, we, we probably had 20 guys that I would have liked to be here. But we had three, and we went with the guys that were making the biggest impact, um, the guys that deserve to be there the most, and they happen to be from the transfer portal, um, and and that's what it is. I asked McKenzie about it specifically as well, um, you know, all three guys being from the transfer portal, how he felt embraced by the by the team, only having been at Florida State for a few months. Um and he said, "Yeah, look, I, I, I didn't, I didn't come in expecting anything. I didn't come in expecting to have to win a job, uh, or expecting to like automatically have a job. I expected to have to win something. And so I feel very blessed that Coach Norvell thought that I was deserving of, of this honor. Coach Norvell also said, um, you know, the, uh, you know, how did he put it? He said, she, 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 um, we don't see somebody as." being from the transfer portal or not. Yeah. Everybody's part of the team. Nobody that was here last year is guaranteed a job, and nobody that came in through the transfer portal is guaranteed a job, right? You have to earn everything you got, and so our team is here and is full, and these are the guys that that we brought, and these are the guys that deserve to come. And so I thought he answered it pretty well. Uh, nobody asked me specifically, um, I'm, but you know that there was kind of a theme around, hey, these are the guys that, that we were comfortable with bringing for sure. Yeah, that's – and I, I'm okay with Norvell doing that because obviously if he just brings one quarterback and he truly doesn't know who his starting quarterback is going to be and the guy he doesn't bring is, wins the job, that that's a you have to explain that after the fact. So, you know, I thought it was interesting that, you know, the ACC for the first time in over a decade, as far as I'm aware, had everyone bring three players instead of two. Typically it's just one offensive guy, one defensive guy. Uh, but they said three players and – I'm sure the 
you know, whoever put this together when they were asking for players, they said to Norvell, like, you, you got to bring McKenzie Milton. Like, we need that story. That's a national story. That's a positive one, not just for Florida State, but for the entire ACC. Because if McKenzie Milton comes to Florida State and he has success, that's a that's one of the feel-good stories in the entire country that will be featured on College Game Day two or three times um, as the season goes on, which is great for Florida State and great for the ACC. Um, on that note, that do you have a gut feeling or a preference? Uh, I guess who do you think is going to start versus Notre Dame, and who would you like to see start versus Notre Dame? Because uh, you know we really haven't got into that yet on, on this pod. I mean, I think that if Milton's a hundred percent, and Norvell, I think mentioned this that if Milton's a hundred percent, he's won his last twenty six. I mean, whether he's won, <laughs> whether he's whether he's hundred percent or not, uh, he's won his last twenty six college football games. Um, it, it would take uh, nine last years to beat that. So um, I, uh, if Milton's a hundred percent, then yeah, I'd like to see him out there and and probably getting the bulk of the snaps. Um, Milton told us he was hundred percent. He said he could go today. He's ready to go. I, I got to think that, that we can do a lot with him. That said, I think Jordan Travis is going to get a ton of snaps. Um, because we've talked about this. We've talked about the fact that like Mullen would use guys that could only run and, and bring them in at like weird times and have them run the ball. Like Jordan Travis can sling the sling the rock as well. And so I think he's going to come in and not just be a run only option um he's gonna be able to throw it around some uh but again i think if if both guys are 100 percent, then i think you know i'll I'll leave it up to the coaching staff right like i don't want to say that i have any kind of inside info on like what will happen but uh, you, it's got to be tough to 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 put a guy you know to not start the guy that that has proven it at that at that level over and over and over again so that that's my gut i mean i would guess that milton starts game one Against Notre Dame, I think they'll both play in that game, um, not like due to injury or anything. I think there'll be packages for both of them. Yeah, I, I think anytime you have a quarterback on your roster who's finished a season in the top 10 of Heisen voting, that, that, that's kind of who you got to go with. And I, I know the injury was gruesome, you know, damn near two years just to get to the point where he'd get back on the practice squad. But I think it's going to be Milton, and not to like take a cop out answer, kind of picking back off what you said. I want whoever Mike Norville thinks gives us the best chance to win because he knows a lot more about football and quarterbacks than you or I ever will. And I'll trust that whoever he sends out to take that first snap against Notre Dame knows what they're doing. Um, anything else from the ACC kickoff that that you wanted to touch on or or, or you know have comments on? Um. Yeah, just really quickly, I, I asked Jordan Travis about his uh, relationship with Devin and and kind of navigating through those NIL waters. He was obviously very um, high on uh, his relationship with his brother. I thought that was cool to chat with him about. Um, Jordan also from the podium said that, they, that he was asked about the transition from the last staff to this one, and he basically said before Norvell and the guys came in, he didn't know if he wanted to continue to play football, yeah. which I thought was a resounding um, – unintentional shot. He kind of clarified that in our breakout session where he just said, look, look, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like about to put my decommitment note out there. I wasn't, I wasn't about to quit, but just those doubts had kind of crept into my mind kind of thing, you know? So he did clarify that, but again, kind of a resounding answer there. Um, 
Mackenzie Milton showed a little bit of personality in our breakout session. He was kind of funny. We I asked him about some of those close games against, or well, there was one close game and one blowout against Memphis when he was the quarterback at, at UCF, and he uh, he kind of told a funny story about how he and Jermaine and Travis were, uh, Jordan and Travis were out to uh, dinner with Coach Norvell the night before, and um, you know. Jermaine kind of asked him, you know, how come you guys never talk about those games? And <laughs> they were like, Norvell was like, ah, because I lost both of them. You know, like, I don't want to talk about it. So, um, you know, but even they were on separate sides of the room and there's absolutely no way that Norvell could have heard him talking because Norvell was asking and or being asked and answering questions. But McKenzie still kind of like looked down just to make sure that Coach Norvell wasn't looking. And I said, what does he got a rule? And he busted out. I said, what does he got a rule about you talking about it? And he goes, ah, something like that. So he kind of looked at it. Was, it was funny. Um, and then I asked I asked um, Jermaine Johnson about uh, about the rivalry with UF and, and how excited he is to go to Gainesville this year. He, he's played UF yeah. twice, but both times in Jacksonville, right, which is a fun game and a lot of, a lot of fun to be at, but um, never been to the Swamp. So he said he was excited about about that for sure. Had had one of his better games against UF last year, even though they lost. Um, he played super or pretty well, and so he he was really jacked about that. I said, I know it's it's a long way down the road, and hopefully, uh, we've won a lot of games between now and then. But he was excited about that game um, uh, at the end of the year in Gainesville. So uh, yeah, I tried to be a little more creative than just like, hey, how do you feel as a transfer coming in here? And, and I thought we did a pretty good job, kind of chatting with them, and 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 I had a good time even if they didn't. So. ACC kickoff was fun. Like I said, you got to go next year. A lot of fun. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it, it certainly looks from uh, you know you, Michael, who was out there representing us as well, and everybody else from Florida State Media. It's so different. I went back in two thousand and nine, and it was just so casual. It's literally one day they had the Atlantic coaches and players, one day they had the Coastal coaches and players, and they all had round tables. And they had an hour each, and you just rotated from table to table, like kind of like speed dating. Um, and that's how you did your interviews. And then on the second day in the morning, they had a golf tournament where they'd mix all the players, the coaches, and the media together. And it was awesome because I got to play with Frank Beamer of Virginia Tech. And uh, I'm still not any good at golf, but I was really bad back then. But there's one hole, there's water like 240 yards out. And I'm playing. He's watching me. I'm like, I'm going to try and clear it. You know, we don't get hills in Florida. And I cleared the water. He's like, oh, you should move out here because you play a lot better here than you do in Florida, I bet. <laughs> Which I thought was pretty cool. But uh, awesome that you got to experience that. And like you said, I think next year we need to get the whole team out there. Like all of us out there uh, have a blast, you know, just to hang out, cover the media days. My sister can host us at, at her house and, and the best Charlotte you know, pubs and bars and restaurants, and it, it'd be a lot of fun. But I'm glad you got to experience that with your wife because that, that had to be cool. Charlotte is a very underrated city. Well, I will um, I'll go grab drinks and stuff with, like, the whole crew, and your sister is welcome to come. I'll put on my tab, but I am absolutely staying at the West End again next year. Like, she, <laughs> she, like there is nothing like rolling out of bed at, like, 8 40 and like just being downstairs yeah. by nine like that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> i brushed my teeth and brushed my hair and left you know like i showered the night before so it was great um uh let's talk about this i got a couple more things then we'll get out of here conference realignment ou in texas it looks like are headed to the sec um harlan you wanted to jump in and talk about this a little bit let's change the uh the the graphic here oh put richie on the bottom well, that's all right. He's, it's like 90 degrees there. Is yeah. heat, heat, heat rises. So um, 
we have some thoughts around conference realignment. That all was kind of going on while I was up there, so it was kind of crazy. Um, but it was like toward the end of the day, like everything had kind of already wrapped up. It's wrapped up by about you know two, three o'clock on on Thursday. So all that stuff started coming out. You know, initial thoughts, and I don't really care who goes first here, Harlan, Richie, whatever, take it on OU. Let's start there. OU and Texas going to the SEC. Go ahead, Richie. I think it was no mistake and very calculated that the news leaked during the SEC media days, right? And right before the Big 12 starts Thursday. Um, I think this, you know, and we've since seen reports that this has been in the works for six plus months, which is not surprising. And as a Florida State fan in the ACC, it's terrifying to me personally that the SEC is just building up this juggernaut. Depending on what rumors you believe there, you know, we've seen reports that Ohio State, Michigan, Florida State, Clemson potentially could be uh, options for the SEC, but that's that's terrifying because we're already well behind in TV money, which is what every conference needs, which is really everything right now. And, man, it, the what a power move by the SEC to make this happen, especially that they've done it so quietly behind closed doors for the past half year. And there's never been a leak until now intentionally during SEC media days. Phenomenal move by, you know, Greg Sankey with SEC and everything. I'm just amazed by it. As a Florida State fan, I'm I'm a little uh, on edge to see what happens to us. How about you, Harlan? Yeah, I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, you had the whole 12-team playoff talk come out. And now this has been kept behind closed doors for six months. So you wonder, like, who actually knows – what's actually going on. Um, some people know a lot more than the public. So I, I don't think it's good for Florida State unless there's another conference. Unless either we join the SEC or the ACC plucks some more teams or we go to another conference that's doing the same thing as SEC. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. I just hope we're not left on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that would be good about this would be uh, for us to to as well join the ACC or the SEC, right? That's the only good positive thing that can come out of that from from the money perspective. Um, I I've seen thoughts and and people talk about Notre Dame, West Virginia joining the ACC. I'd be fine with Notre Dame. I, I don't care for West Virginia. Um, Scott Block, who um, I'm Scott Block, Tom Block, who um, does a sideline reporting for FSU Radio, Gene, and those guys. Um, made a comment, was talking with David Hale about this. I saw it while I was up there. Um, they, We shouldn't be adding mediocre teams like West Virginia. We should be kicking out teams like Syracuse and Pitt and Boston College that like bring nothing to the table. Boston College can stay. They've been in it forever. Um, but I know they haven't. They were in the Big East. Yeah, get them out too. Boston we should College be, should yeah. kick rocks. <laughs> yeah, we should be kicking out those teams and, and saying like sayonara. So that way we're not splitting up the revenue uh, so many different ways. Like there's no way that Syracuse should, should get the same revenue that we do. There's no way that Pitt or some of these teams should get that kind of same revenue. Um, you know, not that we've been great recently, but you know, having literally built this conference ourselves um, there's, there's no way that all those other teams should be added. So I'm not a big fan of the idea of adding West Virginia. Obviously Notre Dame would, would do a lot for the conference. I still don't know that we could get anywhere close to competing with the SEC. And so, yeah, uh, those reports that like the SEC may just break off and be a super conference of like 32 teams. I'm all for that. Like I'm absolutely all for that. Put the best 32 teams in there and make that like the new college football. Like that's totally fine with me. Like I don't, you know, sorry to the, your, you know, your USFs and UConn's and other teams of the world, but you know, 
I know we them's, about them's it. the break, them's the breaks, bro. Like I don't, I don't really care. I know we talked about it a little bit in the group chat, but what would y'all like? What would you be? What would you prefer? Because I see some people saying, "Oh, I want three. I want three power conferences. I want two. I want four. But I just, I don't see the number. I know you just mentioned the SEC making one thirty-two super conference, but I don't see the numbers for the people that are saying, "Oh, I want four or I want three with all the best teams. I, I just don't see how that works. So I, I don't know the number, but I think the magic number is two. Because let's be honest, this is already the minor league of the NFL. Let's quit playing games and just treat it as such. And even if it's two conferences of, you know, 20 plus teams and the top teams go to a playoff and then the NCAA can have their own national championship too. But we're all going to know who the real national championship champion is based on that, um, which I think Florida State would be included in, which is a good thing for Florida State fans. Um, but yeah, I don't know West Virginia. I don't know if that's the answer. I it doesn't help a lot. I mean, it's sure it's a nice addition, but it's not great. They don't have a big national. It's just following. one. It's just one more person getting a piece of the pie. Exactly. Like you're having, you're having and, to give out, and you want the money that Notre Dame brings in to share with them. That's yes. fine. They they bring more than they take. West exactly. Virginia is just West Virginia is West Virginia is a little bit better than Pitt and Syracuse and Wake. But I don't know. Are, are they are they any higher than? I mean, at least we get some basketball out of the Carolina schools, right? Like, well, West Virginia is good at basketball. They're top ten every year, but, right? Um, but they're not bringing at the same time. Much in, in the other schools they mentioned, like the UCFs, the Memphis, USF, they, they had nothing uh, who, from a monetary standpoint. Who to, would to do this conference? So I know that's that, the problem. I know their fans get a lot of crap. Who would do more for the ACC? <laughs> UCF with ACC money or West Virginia with big 12 going to the ACC money. I'd take UCF. I'd take UCF 10 days out of 10. I want to be close. I think it's West Virginia. Honestly, no, just the, no they're, they're so unique. Listen, I live in Orlando. My wife is a UCF, you know, hospitality graduate that nobody cares about UCF in Orlando. You go downtown Orlando on a Saturday in the fall. Nobody's asking where's the UCF game. It's where's Florida state. Where's Florida? No one gives a, crap about Miami, yeah, but UCF, look, USF, look at what, anyone else. I look at what UCF has been able to do without their budget. You know what I'm saying? Like winning BCS games, winning New Year's Six games, continuing to be relevant. I don't know. I, I think they're UCF's a better program than West Virginia is without the money. Like how much better could they be with the money? But it's about TV markets. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, I live here. the The last time I do remember, in West Virginia major- have do people in West Virginia have TVs? Like, is that a thing? <laughs> I, don't <laughs> I don't remember couches. <laughs> I only remember like two. Well, th- living in Orlando, I remember three UCF like making local news. It's when they beat Auburn to win their national title, when they beat Baylor in the Fiesta Bowl, and then when Dante Culpepper said he's coming back for a senior year. Other than that, we never hear about UCF in Orlando, the hometown team. Do you – I mean, the newness of their school – I mean, every school has to be there at one point. But I'll tell you, when they play as a conference opponent, FSU and Miami, like that stuff's going to get big. And not not next year, right? Like, not in 2022. Yeah. But, like, when that's happening 10 years down the road, do people – are people ever going to care about when West Virginia plays Clemson, Miami, Florida State? Like, no. But at least with UCF, I feel like you'd have yeah. some of that rivalry yeah. stuff in 10 years, right? Like, immediate yeah. impact, maybe West Virginia would be better, but – as as UCF starts to grow and continues to grow, get some of that money. I can't believe I'm capable for UCF here, but yeah, I think I'd take them. But even that, like that, that's where you're stretching it. You're having to have the debate between UCF and West Virginia. Yeah. 
it, it basically tells you that Notre Dame's like the ad and you kick a couple other people out. Like that's I the, think the, the moral of the story is adding teams to the ACC is not the answer. Because no, it's we, getting our butt out and going to the SEC. Else. Yeah, that's exactly. The, that's that's kind move. of what we're – I think that's what all three of us are getting at. Like the, staying in the ACC is not the answer. Let's take Clemson, go wherever. Miami, as much as I like to think they get left behind, they're like number one like in the waiting line, right? Like you, you got reserved tickets. Someone doesn't show up, we'll take you. It's funny. No one's talking about Miami right now. Everyone's talking about Florida State and Clemson, which it makes sense because those are the two teams that have owned the ACC for the past 50 years. But, man, yeah, it, and, and I, I don't and know. I, I think even when Florida State's bad, um, like you said, if it's about yeah. TV markets, like nobody goes to the Miami games. Nobody watches. I know their fans are absolute diehards. Like I'm not taking that away from their fans that that do go to those games and 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 watch them on TV and stuff like that. But they just don't have the fan base. Being a smaller private university, like – I get that their fans are, you know, their smaller fan base is just as passionate as our larger fan base. And their team's been better. Like, this is not a shot at their team. Their team's been better than ours for the last yeah. week. Like, I'm not worried about saying that. But everyone's it's about team market, if it's about, if it's about, it's about, if it's about TV markets, like, I, if I'm the SEC, I'm thinking about bringing Duke just for basketball. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm yeah. like, I there's, there's, there's more. Say what? I would take UNC over Miami. Yeah. I mean, well, imagine home yeah. and homes with Duke yeah. and UNC, or no, no, man, home and homes with Duke in Kentucky and UNC in Kentucky every single year. That yeah. alone, like you own the basketball market at that point, and everybody forgets about. And the ACC has a ton of good basketball schools, like Syracuse. Like people forget they were a national power that won a title in two thousand two, but people forget about them. If you're telling me I can every year watch Duke and Carolina both have home and homes with Kentucky, and then I can watch. Florida State have home and homes with Georgia and Florida and all these teams. Like, I'm getting excited talking about it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I wish it would because I think college sports would be so much more enjoyable, even though it would suck for the, you know, the mid majors and, and the group uh, of five I don't teams. care. Nobody watches them anyway. Um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think Florida State brings a lot outside of just football too, right? Like very recently has won a couple of soccer championships, has won a couple of soft or won a softball championship, obviously yeah. one of the most historic baseball programs ever. Um, so yeah, I think that, you know, Florida state brings a lot um, as well. So anyway, Harlan, to answer your other question. Yeah. I've seen it floated around that it's just two mega conferences and stuff. Obviously though, one of them is going to be so much better than the other one, right? Like, Cause the SEC is already better than everybody else. Like already has like, five of the top 15 teams every year. And now you're adding Oklahoma. I don't, you know, Texas doesn't really need the money and they still suck every year, but Oklahoma is a good ad, right? Like in Texas, just for brand is, is massive. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the, you know, then you add like Clemson, FSU, you know, Ohio state to it. Like what is, what's the point of even having another conference, right? Like we should just play a top a 2014 tournament every, you know, twice a year with those teams and, and call it a day. That actually might be a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, college football is going to change here very soon, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be wild to see. Hey, I'll say this: I haven't even looked at this yet. Shout out Dustin for editing this for us. Um, Ed's asleep at the wheel. I believe he's on vacation. But shout out Dustin for editing this. Michael Settle, who was up with me at ACC Media Days. I'm going to keep calling it that. I don't, I don't really care. Uh, the ACC people get upset with it. They can come. They I'll have them email Richie, but. Uh, ACC media settle was up there. He wrote a piece on conference realignment, how it may impact FSU. That'll drop tomorrow morning. 
between eight and nine o'clock Monday mornings, my kids are not, they stay with my in-laws. So I, it depends on kind of what time I wake up for that, but uh, check out his piece tomorrow morning, Monday AM. Uh, or if you're listening to this on Monday morning uh, conference realignment, how it may impact FSU. Good piece. I, again, I haven't read it, but I, I'm trusting Mike that it's a good piece. Uh, any other thoughts on conference realignment? We have one more topic, then we'll get out of here. No, nah, just leave Miami and the ACC to die. <laughs> Send them back to the Big East, right? Um, <laughs> I love it, Harlan. Um, okay, one more thing and we'll get out of here. I This is a little teaser for you guys, but I think we're going to have a pop-up recruiting episode tomorrow, so stay tuned for that um, with Zach Blostein of 24-7. Uh, or Knowles 24 seven. I'll confirm a time before this podcast is over, but stay tuned for that. Uh, Florida talking about recruiting. Florida state had a couple of commits today, massive recruiting weekend where they had a lot of guys on campus, uh, three-star offensive tackle, Daughtry Richardson committed to Florida state. Alex Atkins and the boys continue to pile on offensive line talent. And so good to see them get that pickup, uh, beat out Miami for him. Richie picking up an offensive lineman is never a bad thing, right? Yeah, and it, I think it's a great job by Mike Norvell. Obviously, he has a lot of uh, – Richardson has a lot of family ties to Tallahassee, but he goes to Miami Central. So there was a lot of speculation that Miami was going to be the school. You know, it, he his Twitter profile picture for the past several months has been him uh, – edit of him in a Miami uniform. And uh, everyone that really follows recruiting, so don't, don't take TJ or Asward for it. We follow actual experts like, you know, Bud Elliott and Josh Newberg, Snowen. Chris Nee, those guys, they've all kind of said, yeah, this is going to happen eventually. And it did this weekend. And it was really cool to see. And my favorite part, Florida State, I believe now has 16 commits um, or maybe 17 because they added another one right after him. But five of them are offensive linemen. Every Florida State fan knows that's been kind of our Achilles heel the past few years. And to see Norvell both understanding that, evaluating that and saying, listen, we're going to throw bodies at the problem like. I'm going to get all these people, and they're all quality recruits with good offers. I think Mike Norvell's doing an awesome job, and we cannot <laughs> talk about the offensive line recruiting without mentioning Alex Atkins. I think he has been probably Norvell's best hire to date, uh, regardless of on-field, off-field, anything. Alex Atkins is a stud. He's going to be a head coach one day, and I hope we can hang on to him for at least like two, three more years because he dividends are paying off with him. Yeah, no, absolutely. I saw other. I saw. I saw UF fans asking if we could trade Atkins over there. So um, <laughs> the answer is no. But uh, you know, Norvell wasn't pleased with just stuffing Manny in a, in a locker one time this weekend. Yeah. Um, so he went ahead and did it again with uh, defensive tackle Daniel Lyons, three star according to the two four seven composite. Um, Daniel Lyons, defensive tackle. Norvell stuffs Manny in a locker again. The two commitments move our class up to number seven nationally. Well, Shout out Odell. No, you forgot to mention that we're just having a summer bake sale. It's a bunch of fake momentum, and Manny's got a ton of silent commits. Apparently, they, they, I know they all publicly commit elsewhere after he said they're silent commits, but uh, Manny, he's got that going for him. He, he's number one in silent commits, last place in silent commits that actually pick his school. But, yeah, it's, it, that's a rough look for Manny Diaz right now. You could tell when he made those bake sale comments, he was banking on – having a couple guys commit that he thought were in that were in the boat and they went elsewhere. And now he, he just looks, he looks like a fool and I love every minute of it. Yeah. We, uh, we may not end up with a class that's, uh, ahead of Miami. I, I really don't know. Um, 
we, we don't get into recruiting that deep <laughs> on this show. Probably, yeah. Um, I know that we're going to take a lot of guys and that, that could certainly help, but uh, we may not end up with a class ahead of them, but I'm telling you, it's going to be close. You know, it, yeah. it's, 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 it's going to be close. And, and if we lose out like, you know, 11 to yeah, and we're 14, they're 11 and we're 14, then, you know, it, it wasn't really fake momentum, you know, at that point, you know? So uh, if we finish 32nd and they finish in the top 10, then yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll give it to Manny Diaz and we'll say that they were right. I don't think. Well, that that I think happens. it's important to look at where we're coming off of. Miami's coming off one of their best seasons in the past twenty years. Florida State's coming off by far their worst season since, since any Bobby of us have been here. alive. Yeah, yeah. before Bobby was here. Yeah, before Bobby. So well Miami, before him. Yeah, and and that's what I think is so encouraging to me as a Florida State fan in recruiting and, and, and like you, TJ. I don't follow it super closely, but I know enough about you know the big names where the rankings are and whatnot, but. Every time a team has been down and one's been really up, they've really taken advantage. We think of Jimbo Fisher, you know, 2010, as he built built that roster that won that national title. Miami and Florida were down, and Jimbo capitalized. Manny and uh, Dan Mullen are not capitalizing right now at all, which gives me a lot of faith as a Florida State fan. If we can get, give me six and six, give me a win, bowl game win to get to seven and seven. I think that, that this climb could happen quicker than a lot of people think. Though games do matter, we have to play them. But Florida and Miami have dropped the ball massively in terms of trying to capitalize on Florida State being in the worst shape they've ever been in any of our lifetimes. Yeah, for sure. And Newberg talked about that a ton um, over the years is with Miami and Florida being down, Florida State went on to win yeah. multiple conference championships, um, go to national the playoffs, title. win a national title, win a Heisman, uh, absolutely dominate their rivals. Um, and we've not seen that for, from Florida or Miami, right? Like, they've beat us the last couple of years, but has Florida dominated Georgia? Has Miami done anything in the ACC? No. Um, so, yeah, I, we I did confirm Zach Blostein tomorrow at noon. Um, so we'll have, like, a pop-up recruiting episode. We uh, we had we did one with uh, Sinone a couple of months ago after a big weekend. We'll do that with Blostein, maybe, like, 30 minutes. The only thing that could delay that is Florida State is hosting some more visitors. Zach will be out covering it. May have to bump it a little later and move it to Tuesday, but just kind of as an FYI, keep your eyes open. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, uh, Facebook. You know, get put the alerts on for live videos on Twitter, wherever. We'll send it live everywhere uh, in the next day or so. A little recruiting insider info with Zach Blustein of 247. Hey, I hung out with Brendan Sinone while I was up there in Charlotte. Had a good time. So shout out, Brendan. Um, those are my guys over 247. Nee didn't go out and, and get any drinks with us or anything, but uh, I hung out with uh, Sinone and uh, and Kurt, uh, Kurt Weiler of the Tallahassee Democrat. Both those guys. We went to a, uh, what was it, like a Korean barbecue place where you cook the food in the middle of the table. It was amazing. And so yeah. shout out to those guys. It was so yeah. good. I was like ribeye and stuff. Right? Like, they cook it for you, like, but it's like in the middle of the table. It's like a, it's like your own personal little hibachi. It was amazing. So, um, all right, I think that's it. I have one more thing, and then we'll get out of here. Um, I know that we have asked you guys a ton to go and support the boosters, and we still very much are um, banging that drum, right? Trying to fly that banner. I'm trying to think of cliches right now. If you haven't signed up to be a booster, you know, don't tune out just yet. Like, listen to my commercial, and then you can tune out because we're about to wrap up and. <laughs> and finish but go to boosters.fsu.edu contribute to the one tribe uh, campaign you can do it for as little as like five bucks a month that's how you need to buy tickets anyway because it's so much cheaper so much more you could buy single game tickets 
or you could be a booster and get season tickets for like way cheaper than than what the face value is. And then, you know, give the rest of them away. I don't, I don't care what you do with it, but go sign up to be a booster. A lot of people have asked, what can we do outside of just being a booster? Hey, I've already sent in my membership. I've already done what I need to do there. Go to SeminoleExperience.com. SeminoleExperience.com. They have a bunch of different things that you can do and a bunch of events going on in and around Doak that you can go check out. They have, uh, we're throwing our tailgate through uh, the similar experience, the, the tailgate guys, things like that. You can get a tailgate catered and sponsored through them where you literally just show up anywhere from groups to 10 to 1,000 people. Like however many people you want to bring, they do everything, set up, tear down, everything in between. They can help you cater it, all that stuff, and then you just go into the game. You, you don't set anything up. You don't tear anything down. You come back after the game. You continue to watch TV. Can you do whatever you want to do? It's all done for you. They also have a Coca-Cola tailgate zone where if you only have smaller groups, you can buy tickets to get into that. More details on the website there. And then they have stadium tours that they're doing this season. They're bringing them back. COVID's uh, on, obviously on the decline. Things feel a lot safer. Stadium tours available Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're going up on a Friday, go for a game for any game this year. Go do a stadium tour. It's a 90-minute walking tour through all of the historic sites. Joanne Graff Field, the Dunlap Indoor Practice Facility, Dick Hauser, and obviously Dote Campbell. Um, go check out the stadium tours. Booster members get 50% off of their ticket for it. Go to SeminoleExperience.com. And check out more details on all of that stuff. If you're a booster, if you're already, if you're not a booster, go sign up to be a booster. If you're a booster and you want to know another way that you can kind of give back, help out FSU, go check out SeminoleExperience.com. They got a bunch of stuff going on, um, and you won't be disappointed with any of it. I'm out of breath, Richie. You got any shout outs before we get out of here? Yeah, I want to uh, uh, shout out the Seminole Club of uh, Greater Orlando. I, I served on their board from 2012 to 2015. Uh, they've had a lot of transition, and, and I'm excited. They had their kickoff event today. I went there. Uh, I met the new president, uh, Shantae McLeod. Uh, I think we're going to have her on the podcast here soon. Um, really cool girl. Uh, she, I love her vision for the university. You know, when, when you go to watch Florida State games this fall – I would definitely encourage everybody to look into where the official Florida State game watching parties are um, because they directly report to Florida State Alumni Association and Florida State Boosters. So when you go to these game watching parties, they have, you know, raffles, different prizes, different different events and everything going on. Uh, buy raffle tickets, do all that stuff, because all those proceeds go directly to the university, either to Boosters, the Alumni Association, or here in Orlando, we fund three scholarships every year to where we've picked three – deserving central florida um you know high schoolers to that are going to florida state have been accepted and we give them a scholarship for the four years that they will be at florida state um so shout out shantae i thought she was phenomenal we had a blast shout out american social and dr phillips there's one in uh, fort lauderdale and brickle miami a lot of good stuff and again guys just Support your local Seminole clubs because that is an extension of the boosters of the Alumni Association, and it's extremely important and plays a big role, and a lot of dollars are raised for the university from that. So that's my shout-out. Shout-out or Seminole Club of Greater Orlando, awesome event today. Bought this uh, phenomenal shirt that I helped design, and shout-out you guys. Um, I like it. Uh, Florida State – I'm sorry, Tampa – the Tampa Seminole Club has their event in two weeks. It is the – one of the best events that I've ever been to. It's so yeah. fantastic. Been there multiple uh, it's a, times. <laughs> it's a pub crawl. 
and it's on my niece's first birthday party. And so I won't be there. <laughs> but if you're in the Tampa Bay area, I know a lot of good friends that are going to that. Um, and I wish I was going to. I, I love my niece. But, like, if you've been to one one-year-old birthday party, you've been to them all. They smash the cake. You open the presents. They all get the same thing that everyone else has already – I hope my family doesn't watch this, but I, mean, I hope they do, but I hope they forgive me for what I'm saying right now. But uh, yeah, shout out the, uh, shout out the booster, shout out similar experiences all I've got for this week. Shout out my wife for uh, putting up with me and going on the road trip up to Charlotte. Um, she wanted to go. She used it as like a two day vacation. And then she got rid of me for a few hours a day while the uh, ACC stuff was going on. She went down to the gym. They had a Peloton bike and she loved it. So shout out my wife for, uh, for hanging out with me for a couple of, a uh, couple of days on the road and then up in Charlotte. Um, Anybody a song for this week? Harlan, you got one. You asked us in the chat if we had one. Was that just to kind of like cue us to get ready for it? Or Richie, do you have a song? Harlan, do you have one? What, what do we got here? Oops. I have no songs, so I, I'm going to throw it to Harlan. <laughs> Harlan, it's all you. Dad gummit. <laughs> all right. We're good now? Okay. No, you, ha- no, you hang up. <laughs> um, well, since we pulled two more kids away from Miami. Uh, Let's go. I figured it's perfect for maybe Mike's a little problem for Manny right now. So let's go somebody's problem by Morgan Wallen. All right. Love it. We'll do it. He definitely is a problem <laughs> for him. So, all right. For myself, TJ Pittenger, Richie Barnes, and our producer, Harlan Harris. Thank you guys for hanging out. We will see you guys for a pop-up episode sometime this week. Oh, one more shout out. Uh, we did a live draft uh, last night. Yeah. So go check our channels for the offensive draft, the defensive draft. If you're subscribed, you already saw them. Um, the offensive and de- defensive drafts. We're going to release a vote on Twitter for those. Go check those out as well. I'm out of shout outs. We've been on for an hour. I'm going to go watch a movie or, oh no, USA soccer and um, USA softball playing tonight. Uh, go America, go Knowles, go Jesus, all those things. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Make sure you vote for my team as well. Bama red four on a pulled to the party with a 38 sticker on the back windshield. Two tone tank tops slipping off her shoulder. Kind of girl wants to step out the world stand still. Ooh, I know where this is going. I already know it's just somebody's problem. Somebody's goodbye. Somebody's last call number that they can't find. Somebody's best day. Somebody's worst night. Somebody's reason for leaving on the porch slide. Think about them tan lines. And I'm thinking, damn, I'd love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes. See somebody's problem. And somebody's problem's about to be mine. About to be mine. Kind of girl once you've had. Some time to just get her number to sliding through the summer to talking about love. Ooh, I think I'm liking where it's going. I'd like to tell me some of somebody's problem, somebody's goodbye, somebody's last call number that they can't find, somebody's best day, somebody's worst night, somebody's reason for leaving on the porch slide. Think about them tan lines, and I'm thinking, damn, I. Love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes See somebody's problem And somebody's problem's about to be mine About to be mine
fixing somebody's problem Somebody's goodbye Somebody's last call number that they can't find Somebody's best day Somebody's worst night Somebody's reason for leaving on the porch slide Think about them tan lines And I'm thinking, damn, I'd love to drown in them heartbreak of blue eyes See somebody's problem And somebody's problem's about to be mine I'm about to be mine I'm about to be mine I'm about to be mine